Would you or anyone you know be interested in the best of what we've learned from over 350 expert interviews? Business expert interviews just like this one you're about to listen to. Plus, I'll share what we discovered spending $50,000 to go through over 100 years of business success research. Thousands of evidence-based scientific studies on what really works. Visit bestbusinesscoach.ca for more info on how, in 90 days or less, you can get eight better business habits or get three times your money back. That's 90 days to eight types of better business, fitness, and mindset habits. These will determine who survives and thrives in these unusual times and who doesn't. Visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. You'll discover our new business coaching and accountability program for business, fitness, and mindset all in one. You'll also learn how you can get over $11,336 in free bonuses for only $1. Go to bestbusinesscoach.ca for more info. That's bestbusinesscoach.ca, like Canada or California. See you there. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multi-millionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by a very dear friend and special guest, Micah Mitchell. Micah has been growing and automating online businesses since I was first figuring out HTML. I met him via his online sales videos and follow the bouncing ball style Infusionsoft how-to videos. In fact, Micah was one of the three guys who really helped me get my brain wrapped around business automation. A year or so after I first found his stuff online, I bought into one of his courses. A few months later, I joined one of his coaching programs. Time went on, and a few years after that, Micah became one of my very own clients. Then we became good friends, and I really owe this guy a lot. He's one—he's uh, the one some of the big names I'm sure people on this call have heard of would sneak in the back door to set up their marketing for them. This will be our second interview with Micah. Uh, you should definitely listen to the first one if you haven't heard it. The first one was on the Rockefeller habit hiring right the first time around, and creating info products people want. Today, he's coming on here as founder and CEO of Membirium, a tool for membership sites with WordPress finally made easy. Right now, they integrate with Infusionsoft and ActiveCampaign. If you own an online business, this is a must-have tool. According to Ryan Dice, CEO of Digital Marketer, it's hands down the best membership plugin available for Infusionsoft. And in fact, just yesterday, another one of our previous guests uh, posted on Facebook. This is Adam Urbanski, the millionaire marketing mentor. He posted just a huge shout-out to Micah Mitchell and David Bullock of the Membirium.com fame. I needed to move our four pretty complicated membership websites off a different membership platform and so I had some questions about it, and instead of just giving me an answer, they pretty much rolled up their sleeves and jumped in to do what needed to be done and make the transition happen. Totally not expected and way beyond great customer service. Thank you. You guys rock. Testimonials like this are pretty standard in the ship Micah runs. He's an old hat behind the scenes and for the past couple of years now has been helping businesses grow by creating sustainable, easy-to-implement membership programs using Membirium. Micah, thank you for joining us today. It's always a good day when I get you on the phone. How are you doing, bud? Dude, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. It's always an honor and a pleasure. So um, for the, some of the listeners here, you know, I told them a lot of info. And as I said before, they definitely want to go listen to our first interview we did with you because it had some great tips about building the right team for your company, habits and philosophies that will help your business grow. Um, but we didn't really talk about your background with membership sites and doing memberships for clients and customers. And you've got years of experience in that. So how did you even first get started? So I guess it was getting, um, and I don't know where I got it. I might have just been online or something. But I ran into a book about info marketing, and I kind of fell in love with the idea of selling your information and, you know, a lot of the other online marketing stuff. But 
that put me on a trail of learning how to do websites. And that pretty quickly led to customers asking about membership websites or like how to protect their content. And so a long time ago, I was doing it with Joomla and Infusionsoft. And that eventually turned to WordPress and Infusionsoft. And then I've been on that kind of kick for maybe seven years now, since about 2009. Wow. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. So obviously things have evolved in the industry a lot. Have, have membership sites and the concept changed? Has there been an evolution in how they're, how they're run or lessons that people have learned? Like in the early days, people were like, hey, welcome to the membership. And like that was it. And now they're much more sophisticated. Or do you – thinking about the sites that you see now versus the sites you saw then, is there a big contrast? Yeah, definitely. So – uh, the sites back then were really about, you know, how much content can you give somebody? And it was a little bit, I guess I'd say unorganized. And so people would just say, oh, you know, there's 50 hours of content and that would seem more valuable than 20 hours of content. And um, still today, it's kind of true. Like, you know, if you have more content, there might be more value. But today, it's really all about consumption. So instead of just saying, you know, here's all this content, it's, Here's, you know, a step-by-step guide and you can track your progress and they call it gamification or e-learning where you go into the site and they really try to hold your hand and guide you through it. You know, start here. There's a welcome video. Go to lesson 1A, you know, 1B, 1C. And it's really more of a guided, directed approach to get through the content and also less is more these days as far as trying to get you through and, and to learn whatever it is you're trying to learn from the content and to go and apply it as quickly as possible. So before it was, you know, yeah, not really that they were assuming that everyone had 20 hours to look at something, mm-hmm. but really people kind of saw that as like, oh, wow, there's all this content um, that I can go and I can get. But nowadays people are, I think, more aware of the lack of time and attention. And so it's like, hey, learn these three principles in five minutes. And that seems more valuable than watch this hour-long recording. Right, 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 right. Yeah, okay. That definitely makes sense. And I guess it's also now that I get with online tools being kind of second nature in the world today, I get you're right. Like speed is of everything. So it's not like you say, it's not like sign up and get my 400 hours of content because people are like, I don't have 400 hours. Um, before their greed reflex might have kicked in. Now people are like, I can get 400 hours worth of stuff on YouTube. I need a specific linear step-by-step program that will teach me how to do X. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. Got it. Sorry, I know it was kind of like a directed question, but just to clarify. So, well, and then how, I guess I want to know, like, what have been the biggest challenges for you, like, as you've been going? Because, I mean, obviously, when you first heard about the idea and you liked the idea, you started getting involved in building membership sites. What was your first membership experience that you had? Like, did you have your own membership site? Was that what I signed up for, the Infusion Mastery stuff? Was that your first go at an Infusionsoft program or... Um, so that was probably my first go at, yeah, an Infusionsoft powered membership site, um, doing training and stuff like that. And where I got started, actually, it's kind of weird. When I first went to build a membership site, um, it was utahballroom.com um, for like ballroom dance in Utah because nobody was organizing it. It was kind of like disjointed and stuff. And so I figured, oh, I'm going to make this site and people have to register and like the coaches can register and list their events. You do ballroom dancing? Yeah, or I did, yeah. What? Anyways, okay, I just would never guess. Okay, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) No, kind of a weird little thing, but um, I did that because it it kept me interested enough to to build on it and to learn it all. And um, what I learned from that experience is it's a tiny market with no money. It's like, you know, 200 people care, and that's not a good business. (laughs) 200 people care. Okay. Yeah. That was too much of a niche, eh? Is that it? or just a bad niche? A little too much of a niche and also a bad niche. You know, there's okay. not people aren't used to spending money for any of those things. I mean they might spend money on their shoes or like a costume or something, but kind of cheap, small, uh, not used to the idea of memberships uh in the first place or buying information on the subject. And so you know, when I went into the Infusionsoft space and started making content about Infusionsoft, that made a lot of sense because they were, because here's the difference. I mean, on the ballroom site, the person interested is like a teenage kid with no money and his parents aren't going to spring for that. Um, 
And so making Infusionsoft content, they it made a big difference for them, you know, versus like being not being able to use Infusionsoft versus, oh, I can get some training and now I understand it and can use it because it used to be a lot, lot more complicated than it is today. And it was there wasn't a lot of documentation. So yeah, that was my real, you know, making money membership site when I finally started doing that. Mm, got it, got it, got it. Okay. And so I guess you've coached, I'm going to say probably hundreds of business owners through and setting up their membership sites and getting them up and running. And, you know, even before Memberium, I know you're involved with other membership software and tools. And so you've been in the game a long time. Do you feel that there's phases a membership program goes through or how do they evolve? Are there critical components? If someone listening to this, if they saw the headline or the title for this, like, oh, I'm interested in that. And they're like wanting to know if they've got the fundamentals in place. What would those kind of things be? I think I asked five questions in one, but let's start with kind of the critical components of a membership program. Yeah, no worries. Um, it makes me think back to this last summer I was kind of organizing to do in the fall, we did an event called the membership summit. And so I had to, you know, think through this, like what are the components and what are the steps and in what order and stuff like that. And one of the things I kind of came to realize is in the past, I was always such a technician. Somebody would come in and say, I want a site, you know, and it's got a gold, silver and bronze membership level and they need to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And, usually whatever their plan was, whatever the content was, didn't really kind of make or break the site. It was all in the marketing. And so um, we probably went a little overboard, but in that event, and I'm, I'm getting to answering the question, sorry, but in that event, we ended up really focusing on the marketing and the positioning of the site. And it kind of told them, look, the content is really a commodity. And so how you structure it and, you know, whether you have, 10 modules or 15, what, what do you call it, bronze, silver, gold, or, mm-hmm. you know, basic pro and premium, none of that really matters. What you've got to deliver to the end user is a result, and you've got to get them to engage with the content because either one or two things is going to happen when they sign up. They're either going to go through all the content, um, if there's a finite amount, and cancel, or they're going to not go through the content and cancel. There's meaning like they're just not going to engage. You're either going to engage them fully if they're really into it and they're used to consuming that way, or you can have a really, really hard time engaging them. And so, you know, the concepts of getting someone to come through and spoon feeding it to them and all of that is really important. But when people usually come in structurally, there's, you could say the components are some of the administrative pages, you know, login page, my account page and so forth. Another component is the content itself, whether it's videos or audios or downloads and how you structure that. Um, and I would say the kind of the biggest component overall is the marketing. And then throughout the experience, throughout the membership, remarketing. So you kind of like sell them, hey, you need to join the site because you want to solve these problems or whatever and or take advantage of this thing. And it's almost like you have to resell them every single month on not on spending more money because they might have already committed to do that, but on engaging with the content. And Mm. that was a lot of what it was about. It's just like, you know, um, maybe they join a site to try to quit smoking or improve their marriage or, you know, do something to their business. And you kind of, you get them excited, Um, you know, sales psychology, whatnot. You get them into this high emotional state, get them all excited, get them to buy. And you almost have to restart that, like kickstart it every time you want to get them to engage. And that's what a lot of people were missing. They figured, you know, I'm going to build this site. It's going to be great. You know, I am an expert in whatever area and I put together this great curriculum. Now, you know, I got to go sell it. And let's say they do something, somebody comes in. It's so easy to get bored. I mean, I joined a membership site about membership sites. And I think the content was even good. Mm-hmm. But I could not stand to sit and watch the videos. They were just slow and boring. And I feel like it's, an, it's something I'm interested in. It's something that can help me. And I was just mm-hmm. dying trying to watch it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in contrast, there's other sites like Digital Marketer I'm a member of. And they're just like they're always excited about what they're doing. Their emails are exciting. And I, you know, realize they're marketing like crazy to their members to get them to engage. They don't, you know, set it down once you start the site. So when you think about the components, it's like, yeah, there's 
there's the basics of you know, login, register, and all this kind of stuff. There's the content itself, but really what you're trying to provide is, is an experience. And so that's kind of ongoing marketing to get them to engage with it. And then, of course, you know, the content does need to be good. The site does need to function. But I think what's going to make and break most sites is how enthusiastic they are and how much they market to their current members, not to get them to buy, but to get them to use. Mm. That's great. I'm taking a bunch of notes. I hope people listen to this call are as well because, again, there's no magic room. There's no secret pill. This is this is it right here. So you're talking about like retention because most businesses, even if they realize it or not, and I think this speaks to every single business across the board, most people know that – 90% of businesses depend on repeat purchases in order to have some sort of security and stability in the business itself. And so that becomes a retention issue. And so even if you're a plumber or even if you're a family doctor, you may not even consider the fact that you have a membership, but it is membership-based because if people don't keep coming back to you, just because you're my doctor, now depending where you live, that might be different because it might be hard to get a new doctor. I know where I live right now, there's a shortage of doctors, so when you get one, you're kind of lucky and you stick with them <clears throat> but depending on it like a dry cleaner all these different places you have a membership and retention becomes huge in fact i read in one book uh, that the average business will have a completely new customer base every six years and retention is a huge issue because if you get a client and you can only keep them for two months and if they pay you $100 a month, that means their lifetime value to you is $200. So what a lot of other people also don't realize in businesses, you're often buying customers, whether it's through joint venture partners, so you're using relational capital and then you're doing the promotion and whatever it costs you for the promotion and the time to put it together, that's a time investment and a relationship capital investment in purchasing customers. If you're putting ads up on a site, or somewhere you're buying an endorsed mailing or you're sponsoring an event, you're now paying for the opportunity to get customers. So at some point, you're always trading something, some sort of resource to get customers. And if you can keep them for, again, two months in this example, $200, if you can keep them for one more month, three months, that's a 50% bump to the average lifetime of your customer. You know, that's an extra 50% to your bottom line if that was all net income. To be able to take someone from staying from two months to four to five, so this is a really big deal. I mean, you you know, obviously we're talking kind of calmly about it, but this is kind of like a make or break. It sounds like for a lot of membership programs. Am I? Is that right? Is um, yeah, absolutely. And I know people. I know people that have been frustrated. They were in a membership business. I'm thinking of a particular person I met at a conference, and he was so frustrated he couldn't keep people past four months. He was taking it personally and wanted to walk away from it even though he was doing six grand a month like passive because he was doing he had books up on amazon for a niche and they were feeding him his membership site leads and but he was so frustrated he couldn't keep him he was taking it personally every time someone left that he was just like for sanity wanted to like shut it down um what do you think about that like what as far as attrition do you see and talk to a lot of membership site owners do, as, does everyone take it personally? Is there a better way to handle it? How would you handle it? How do you improve that? Is it realistic? Do a lot of sites just have, like, is there just a finite time that someone's going to stick with you and you just need to suck it up? Or, I mean, I guess some situation specific, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, so a couple of things. I would be real curious as to, you know, what reasons they're citing on the way out. Like, there's a difference between, like, I came in and I got what I wanted thanks, I'm going to leave now, and, you know, it sucked, so I'm going to leave, or I just never had time to do it, and I'm going to leave. Those are, you know, and I'm sure there's a combination of that in every mm -hmm. site, but um, that would be an interesting thing to look at is, like, you know, when he if he's feeling a little bit bad about it, a little bit rejected, you know, he might be successful. It might be that they're like, no, I, I got what I needed. I got what I came for. I feel good about this. I just, I don't need it anymore, you know, mm -hmm. and that, that could be, you know, seen as successful in that case. Um, I kind of, with my site over the last six months with the mastery site, kind of took an attitude of, you know, I made it smaller. So I used to have many, many, many hours of content and I made it more like 10 hours of content so with the concept of, you know, you can put your employees through it and you don't want them spending weeks and weeks on training. You'd like to get them up to speed quick. And I, right from the beginning was okay with people and they would, some would ask this beforehand. Sometimes it would just happen. And it was that 
they'd say like, hey, you know, how much content is in there? And um, since it's a monthly fee, can I just like get in and go through it and cancel? And I was like, yeah, that's great. I, like my goal is to get you through the content. If you only pay me one month's membership and you get through the content, there was still no cost to me in you doing that. Um, you know, it's a membership, it's an info product, that's the point. And so, yeah, I'd like to keep you longer and there's other strategies for that, but just that's the, you know, the first thought I have about that is like, well, what's the criteria for a success or fail for this member? Um, if they left after four months, cause again, if they didn't like it or they didn't engage or it didn't engage them, that's very different. Uh, and I know some sites who have had a similar issue and when they really started uh, getting more feedback from customers on the way out, that's what they found is like, oh, they were really only trying to solve this one thing or these couple of things, and there's a diminishing return. You know, when they first come in and the content's new, uh-huh. every everything they watch is so impactful, but as time goes on, you know, probably less impactful, and they just realize, you know, it's not worth uh, the, the money, let alone the time. So, you know, no big deal. And I, with your friend, did, did you have any idea which it was? No, well, I'm not 100% sure, but what I love, and I want to recap for the listeners, is just you kind of already alluded to something that I think everyone here should take as a takeaway, and if you're not writing this down, you're welcome, but that you should be you should be asking people on the way out why they're quitting, and you kind of gave three really good categories, and one is that they just don't have time for it, which might mean that you're bombarding them with content and not spoon-feeding it to them in, enough, in bite-sized chunks. Right or making it meaningful and actionable for them. The second reason was content sucks, you know, and that was just they're bored, they're not engaged, um, and this is assuming that the layout makes sense and you know that you've got a linear path. And the third one was just I'm good, the problem solved, and that you know. And for each of those, and when we talk about remarketing, at least if you know for those three how you would follow up with those people if you're trying to get them back in the program. For the people who didn't have time for it, you would have some sort of summary or some sort of right instead. Of of the 100 hours of content, we've got these five hours we put together just for you, and it's a low price of blank, whatever. The people say content suck. You'd have to get some good testimonials to overcome that, to have them believe that people are back in your site and getting good results and happy with it and that it really is new and improved. Um, and last one, if it's good, the problem solved, then maybe you want to start looking at, well, how can I help you? What's the next thing I can help you with? You know, what's the problem you have after that? Or what do you upsell from that? Which led me to an interesting thought that I had because I know a few people that they do membership programs, but they don't do endless membership programs. They have a specific 90-day program or a 67-day program or like, you know, 30-step program. Is that something that you think you've seen more people be successful with as far as membership sites? Like just do you have one big amorphous, never-ending bill you until you, you know, until you die or unsubscribe? Or is is it more bite-sized like these 10 modules and then either try to upsell them into another program or what do you what's your what have you seen over the years? Yeah, that's a good question. And that kind of, you know, there's different types of membership sites, I'll say, or different things people will pay for. And, you know, so some sites are like a full package where, hey, we're going to give you new content every month and you're part of a community because there's forums or whatever in there. And so there there are those that are more appropriate for ongoing membership sites, um, especially when you add a community component. Some people might get to the content but stay for the community. Um, mm-hmm. But I have seen a lot of people really successful with what's uh, kind of a micro-continuity limited term membership things, I know for a fact that they're a lot easier to sell. So people usually have great success being able to sell those because it doesn't seem like a commitment. It more seems like a transaction, at least to the end user. And um, one of the best ones that I can think of was um, Casey Graham, one of the Infusionsoft Ultimate Marketers. He had a course called Get Paid Daily. And you know, so right there, the course name is like, this This is the result of what the course is going to give you. And then if I remember right, it was like 12 or 13 weeks of content. And you would actually build weekly. So it was interesting because instead of like mm-hmm. a three-month thing, it was like, you know, you're going to pay weekly for these modules, but when it's over, it's over. And so, you know, you could wrap your head around like, okay, I'm going to learn, you know, ABC, one, two, three, and it's going to cost this amount. It's a set amount. That's a more understandable transaction than, $97 a month where, you know, and that's where we get a lot of questions. People, they just, they don't, 
it's hard to intuitively understand. It's like, well, is that, am I going to get the value in like two months or like 25 months? I don't mm. understand the price. Um, so yeah, I mean, microcontinuity will work really well. And I've seen it work well for a lot of people. And then, yeah, some of them end up doing the, you know, microcontinuity 90 day program or whatever. And then as soon as you're done with that, then yeah, they're selling you take it to the next level, like intermediate kind of stuff or advanced stuff on top of that. Another limited term thing. Um, one thing for the ongoing memberships, uh, in the case you mentioned earlier about people quitting after four months, another thing I've seen a lot of people do, um, more analytical marketers, they'll look at that and they'll say, okay, well, if the average person only lasts four months, why don't I do a yearly subscription and make it the cost of six months? Because I know that on average, they'll only stay four anyway, so I can get two more months worth of revenue and give them a whole year, and they're going to see that as a big you know, value add. And so I've seen that a lot where they offer the yearly plan that is deeply discounted, so it seems like a good deal, but um, in reality, it's you know getting a little extra revenue than they would on average normally get. Mm, 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 mm. Yep, that's that's really good. And then it gives the end user, I guess, some more time as well because they might, you know, not have time for it, or like, you know, the content might be a lot to chew on. I've got some courses that I bought that I refer back to all the time. So that's also it could be a value add for the end user because now they don't have to just cancel and then lose out. They still have the rest of the year to check in. So I really like the idea of the micro continuity though into like then you kind of have them familiar with you. They understand the value. Then upsell into some sort of subscription. Now, what are what are some of the best ways you've seen, I guess, and how to like that have come up from your membership summits um, on how to get people in there? How do you recommend? Like, what's the if someone comes and signs up with Memberium and they're like, "Hey, I've got an existing customer base of a hundred customers, and I do X, Y, Z, and I want to get them in my membership site." What would you tell them, like, if they came to you and said, like, how do I get this going? Do you have kind of like a templated, you know, get up and running and three easy steps or maybe that's too few? But um, what would you recommend for someone that's struggling and just starting out? Um, so there's a couple of things. Uh, tactile, you know, from a tactical perspective, depending on the kind of site you're doing, if you're doing the microcontinuity thing, it's a little different, but let's say you're doing like an ongoing um, bill until quit kind of thing. Um, one interesting concept that came up lately was I've got a client who's big in Australia and um, his sites do really well. You know, I talked to him, he's really low key and all that. And I found out later he had like 500,000 members in that first launch <laughs> joined a site. And I was just like, holy cow, <laughs> what is going on here? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the things he did that I thought was so smart is, he let the first, I think, thousand it was people into the site for a dollar lifetime membership, which makes no sense, right? Why? Because regularly it's like 50 bucks a month. And so this dollar lifetime membership, and what he said is he said, well, what I want there is I want a stable base of people in my community. So he's got forums and things like that and a little bit of a social aspect in the site. And so what he was doing is he was saying, yeah, I'm going to put a thousand people in so that it looks like it's rich and highly interactive and so on. And they're never going to quit. So even as we have churn, there's going to be like the old timers who make the experience for everyone else seem stable, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was so smart because he, yeah, he gave away a couple, you know, a thousand memberships, which is a lot. But if you, you know, even if we scale it down and we said somebody gave away their first 50 for a dollar or something, um, you end up with these power users, like advocates kind of thing. And everyone else who joins in the future, they think those people paid the same amount they did. You know, so they see, oh, so-and-so's happy, so-and-so's getting results. They've been a member for two years now. This must be good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was one interesting thing I thought, like, yeah, you can get a quick base by just lowering the price um, or, or doing something to get some people into, you know, kind of, have that blend of customers be more stable versus the churn. And um, in general, though, with every single membership site, when we were talking about marketing, we talked a lot about, you know, positioning. So let's say you build a great membership site, looking around at the other options that people have in whatever subject area that is. So, you know, from almost everything, somebody can just go to YouTube and there's going to be some videos and training and stuff like that. 
So in positioning, there's obviously, you know, positioning yourself as an expert if you have that. But even if you don't, positioning your product versus the competition and whoever the competition might be. And so in the room, for example, uh, we had a, somebody who was a consultant, an Infusionsoft consultant, and they were saying, like, well, how do I position against um, Sixth Division? And this is probably niche in the Infusionsoft space, but just so everyone knows, Sixth Division is like a really popular consulting firm in the Infusionsoft space. And so this little one-person consultant was like, there's no way I can compete against those guys. And it was just, uh, you know, just one example to, to show the point. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, kind of what we were talking to her about is me and Craig Jacobson, and I think, you know, Craig, he's super genius. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, well, all you have to do is you have to be the opposite. So what are they? They're big. They follow a system. They, you know, what, what do they have going for them, right? And then how can you be the opposite? You know, you're small, you're flexible, you don't have to follow the system. You're female where they are mostly male and so on. And so basically creating a position that's opposite whatever the options out there. So instead of a lot of people try to beat whatever it is out there, and it's like, well, whatever that is, there's a, a whole component of the market who wants something very, very different. And so that was a big thing is looking at the other options. And these are some exercises we did out there, looking at the other options, and positioning yourself, you know, taking their strengths and doing the exact opposite attribute as your strength so that you look very different, right? Mm. Um, and then once they've done that, then saying, you know, okay, now do they have a ton of content? Maybe the other side has a ton of content. And so your position is, you know, you can get, you can learn the same um, or the most relevant, most important things in a fifth of the time, you know, how much is your time worth and so on. So it, when someone's trying to fill a site, I think usually they, they really think in terms of like, okay, what's, what's the value? And maybe I'm an expert and I charge $250 an hour and there's 30 hours and I times that. And it's like getting X amount in consulting, but the clients, you know, all they really care about is I have this issue, you know, I have back pain or whatever, and I want it to go away or I want it to be less. And so if you come to me and you say, you know, you can get that. Um, And the other thing, too, is typically what people don't understand is this person seeking your solution has already tried other solutions. You know, you're not the first whatever it is, most likely. And so, Mm. you know, kind of helping them understand, like, okay, if they're coming to you uh, and you say you solve this problem, it's not just saying you solve the problem. It's saying that you solve it different than anything they've tried before. And you're, you know, the opposite. Like, have you been, you know, to the doctor? Have you tried the drugs? Have you done the physical therapy? Um, And all of those haven't worked? Well, of course not. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here and just kind of push on into that. So it was a lot of, like, just more traditional marketing kind of stuff in positioning and and trying to position the membership site because it's really information's a commodity. You know, no matter how we spin it, it really is. But helping the client understand that, you know, your experience is going to be better because either I'm a, more of an expert than the guy who's making a little YouTube video for free, or, you know, we've condensed the amount of time and we have this proprietary system or model or formula. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, one of the better ways to get people in when you talk about like stuff that works um, is letting them experience it a little bit. So if you do have something good, either a free trial or a free module or dollar trial and, um, free trials are always tricky. I don't like those as much where it's like, you know, zero down and you're a full member. Mm-hmm. Probably more like a free sample. Like you get module one and there's 10 modules. Mm-hmm. Um, because then the person can just go in and and the sales job isn't so hard. You don't have to like describe and promise and all this kind of stuff. It's just like, look, try this. And if you like it and you want more, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all great stuff. Again, people listen to this call. We're dropping, or Mike is dropping, I'm just listening, I'm taking notes, but Mike is dropping some gems here. And this isn't stuff, again, no magic room, and this is based on years and years of doing this and now having a company that has hundreds of membership sites beneath them. And the beautiful thing is Mike is talking about stuff he sees, being able to pull back the curtain and see behind these client sites, apparently one of them with 500,000 members. What, I just have to ask, what was the monthly on that site? Like 500,000 people in your site program, was it really, I just, because I'm really curious. Was it really low dollar to get in? You said it was like 50 bucks a month? 
Um, I think he was at 37, and then it's going to go up from there. That's awesome. That is so power. All the power to a man. You, you, you do. Whoever he is, he just he deserves a ton of respect. That is awesome. Um, good for him. So perfect. So we've got some great tips again to recap on people. So first of all, you know retention. Even if you're doing a, a micro commitment, as Micah called it, or if you're doing ongoing continuity, retention is everything. So really, marketing is huge, and experience remarketing. And so I imagine that involves uh, bringing like highlighting people that are having success with what you're doing, getting them excited about what's coming and getting them excited and telling them why this lesson or this month's content is so phenomenal. Probably surprises, like little surprise bonuses is a big thing too, just to keep them engaged and interested. Any gamification you can do, which is awards and badges as they go along. Um, serving people on the way out, trying to figure out if it's because they don't have time for it and you've got to, your content isn't condensed enough or if just the content isn't helping them solve the problem or are they leaving because their problem's been solved? And if so, then how do you build on that? How do you help people? Can you do maybe a different type of, you know, uh, higher level coaching program or something else, something more engaging or help them with the next problem? Talked about different types of sites that if you're getting started, you may want to start with a micro continuity. Micah was saying that there are a lot easier to sell because people see it as transactional, not as an endless commitment, which can be a lot easier to sell to someone. Um, And we talked about this great idea of getting some solid numbers of people into your program first, even if it's just for a dollar, just because you'll have power users and people that will use it and give you feedback on why it's good, why it's not good. Um, And just asking people for a dollar, if they're people that are in your community and know, you know, what you're up to, that might be a great way to get that base user base. And I think a caveat here is from Micah's earlier story where he had the ballroom dancing and he said there was like 200 people who cared. So if you're trying to get people in there for a dollar and you can only find 50 people to get in there for a dollar you might be in too small of a niche as well so that might even just be a good kind of acid test to be like do i have thousands and like this other dude who's got 500,000 do i have a market big enough where i could potentially get 500,000 members in there or am i dealing with a you know a pond of a couple hundred to a few thousand people and you could probably still make it work but it really is niche dependent at that point um Talked about positioning. I really liked how you talked about having like specific results you're going to help people with. That that's the first thing that your clients care about more than anything else is helping them solve this blank problem. And you cited Casey Graham and his site Get Paid Daily, where the name of the course was the result people wanted. And so just by the name of the program, they knew what it was and they knew they were going to get that. So the positioning was really well. And if you're having problems with that, doing the opposite, being the opposite of whatever all your competitors are, take a look at your competitors and whatever their strengths are just be the flip reserve uh, just be the flip side of that which i think is a really good one because you're turning their strengths into your strengths um and different good ways to get people signed up to your site. So you could do a $1 trial. I agree. Um, if your content's valuable, you should treat it valuable. I really believe in that. I think uh, you need to be aware of the free lunch. So he cited the $1 trial or giving people a free sample. So your first module of 10 modules, something like that, so they get a feel for it. That's really awesome, Micah. Um, I mean, this right here, this is like a blueprint for getting up and running first and foremost. So where do you see the greatest mistakes, like if your clients and other entrepreneurs making with their membership sites? I think getting into a market that doesn't want whatever they have, like the saddest membership sites and the ones I feel worst for are (laughs) when they do all this work, you know, anticipating hundreds or thousands of clients. And they get like seven and four of them are related to them. And it's like, oh, you know, because you're, <laughs> you, you promised those other three people who aren't your relatives this experience. And now you got to provide it for nothing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And what people, I mean, it's so easy to test online as far as if you think you're going to make a membership site, let's say about bodybuilding or something, because you have some unique approach. You know, make an ebook about that and like share your things or make a 10 tips or something. And, if it's not popular and if you don't get great feedback, don't go make that a 20-hour membership site. Um, we've had a, uh, one person, you might remember who I'm talking about. I don't remember um, if they crossed your path in the mastermind, but they were these great um, corporate trainers. Like They trained executives in corporate America for a long time, and this is back, I think, in 2010 or 11-ish where 
um, there was a lot of turnover. And so they were like, oh, you know, we're going to repurpose what we're teaching here and help companies like keep and improve their executive skills and make them more effective and all this kind of stuff and have an aspect for people who have just left the workplace and are powerful executives and want to get hired again and all this kind of stuff. And it, it sounded okay on the surface because they were successful at it uh, in like a corporate environment. Mm-hmm. And so they were going to make it into a membership site. And I mean, you can't know everything before you start, but the problem was they spent like a year or more developing the site and making it all perfect before bringing anybody into it, before trying to sell it before anything. And it turned out it just did not work. I mean, they had like zero members. Mm. I don't even know if they ever got a member. And I felt horrible for them because they would ask about, so before trying anything, they were asking about all these best practices. You know, how do I do an evergreen webinar? How do I do a launch? How do I do all these tactical things? And at the end of the day, nobody cared. And they could have figured that out before they ever did any of this by, like, trying to sell a webinar series or selling a service. Um, This is another easier way to do a lot of this. Just sell whatever you're going to do as a service to one client and, you know, see how that goes. Like, first of all, see what the buying action is and how interested people are. See how the pricing works. And as you obviously provide the service, you're going to get better at it. So, I mean, the membership site, I guess what it is is the biggest mistake is people see it as the first step. I'm going to do a membership site. And typically it's better off as, you know, a fourth or fifth step behind testing some free reports, um, testing, you know, a concierge type service at the same subject, the same material, testing maybe a webinar series where you're delivering it in mass. You know, concierge is like one-on-one or a webinar series is, Will people pay me even $7, you know, $20 for a full webinar series about this? Can I do it one to many? And then if all that is good, go ahead and make a membership site. But if those things don't work, it's not going to work better because you put it into a membership site. Mm-hmm. That's a great so, yes. Yep. Yeah, that's um, – <laughs> sorry, kind of go off on a tangent there. That one, that one bugs me the worst when I – I mean, it doesn't bug me that they did it. I feel bad for them. But um, some of the other mistakes I see people make, even if, you know, say they do have a good market and it's a good approach and whatnot, they look at some guru and they decide, I got to have everything this guy has. I got to have all the same bells and whistles for my site to work. And, you know, it's kind of like back to the fundamentals, back to the basics. Uh, Would your site work as a really basic, no bells and whistles site? Get that going first, sell some people. And if it is working, yeah, add bells and whistles over time. And that's, you know, where you have people who they get really hung up on having all 20 of the features that they envisioned in their site, you know, um, versus Uh get your site going with like four features. And then you'll not only get the experience on how to implement the other 16, but you'll get the money for it. You do it over time, get feedback. So, you know, not testing the idea of it. Um, not testing and getting feedback quickly enough as you develop it. People just take it way too far too fast, especially when modeling some guru that they see and modeling it from the outside, not understanding how and why it works and all the iterations that person went through to figure out why that's appropriate for their market, but just blindly modeling. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. That's, these are great. This is really good. Um, I love the idea of <clears throat> testing it with an ebook and a webinar series before that. In fact, I remember, oh, I almost want to look it up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but I remember I made a note to myself long time ago. Um, it was like your ad copy becomes your landing page copy becomes the content and name and title of the ebook that you're going, which becomes the course that you're going to sell. And it was like, do that instead, you know, because this was back when all the rage, and I guess it's a new rage again, Ryan Levesque, we've had him on the show twice. He's got the survey funnel and that's all the rage in some circles right now, but surveys have been around forever. And back in the day it was, you know, drive ads, to kind of an opt-in form where you got their name and email and it was like, what's your number one question about blank? Uh, We're writing a book and if you give me your name and email, I'll send you a copy of the book when we're done. And they would collect like 100 questions and the 100 questions become the book. 
answering those questions became the book. And then you email it all to them and you send it to them and ask them for testimonials. And there's your social proof. And then you would take the best performing ad headline that got people clicking through to the site. And that would become the, like what you would build your landing page off of, which would help become what you named your book. Right. And then the book could become a course, which is now you doing the book in video format. Um, so it's just funny because when you said that, it's just light bulbs went off. I was like, wow, you're right because that's the most important thing is kind of what people want. And when you talk about Casey, I know for a fact that's how he did it was split testing ads to come up with what name to name his course. So that's just interesting. And people have done that too forever. They uh, Sometimes publishers, they'll run a bunch of different ads, either cover graphics if you're – it depends what you're doing. If this is like Google AdWords and it's a headline and it's like – it's the headline and it's um, subhead copy, if it's like a Facebook ad or – you know, when we could put pictures, then it's the book cover and the book headline, um, and some and some sub subhead copy, and then they would test four, five, six, seven, twelve, thirty, however much the budget had, and they would wait for one that was uh, statistically more significant, and then that would be the cover and the title that they would go with. I think that's a beautiful plan. Again, if anyone here is listening to this. Uh, my prescription to you is to do exactly that, you know, to maybe just drive people to a site, ask them their number top questions about blank. Now, you got to do that in a certain certain way. So Glenn Livingston, we also had a call with him. Uh, he was famous for the front-end survey. Ryan Levesque is a protege of his and built a funnel out of surveys. But the original survey, you want to ask people's most, most important question about blank. Then you want to ask how hard it's been for them to find information on that. And the reason why is because frequently asked questions are also frequently answered questions. So where people are like, like Micah said, which I think is a really valid point, is all the clients really care about is their issue and getting their problem solved. So if people are asking them what their biggest question is and how difficult it's been, if they're like not difficult, then you know their issue is probably more accountability or implementation or getting the resources they need because they already know how to solve that problem. But if you have how difficult has it been, very difficult, somewhat difficult, not difficult, the very difficult ones are the ones people would be more willing to pay to help get solved. So um, again, this this, this call is just full of gold. I really think people need to listen. If this is something you're into, you, you're going to want to listen to this call two, three, four times to really squeeze every gem out of this because uh, this is beautiful. This is like a blueprint for building a successful membership site, literally from top to bottom. Mike, I mean, just I love how you just like I don't even know if you realize how gold that is. A membership site is best as a third or fourth step behind a PDF, behind a webinar series or concierge coaching PDF eBooks. And I think with my tip onto that, I think that's perfect. Run some different ads, ask people their number, survey them, put those survey answers in a book. Now get those people, give it to them for free. Ask for how they feel about results. Get some testimonials so you have some social proof. Social proof is extremely important when it comes to your marketing. And then, like you said, syndicate that. If you're going to turn a course into that or, you know, do like the mini, if you want to do this the safe and easiest path based on what Micah said, and please, Micah, interject and interrupt me if you think I'm off at any point. But it sounds like the blueprint you just gave everyone was, I mean, the most basic model between the two of us, run ads to a survey saying you're going to put together a book or a course, you know, take those, make the book or course, give it to the people, ask them for feedback and for testimonials if they enjoyed it take the best performing ads use that for your copy and your images and your graphics for the landing page for the course all that stuff um you know again listening to micah sell a micro continuity first because it'll be a finite period of time eight week course 12 week course 90 day course whatever you're going to do 67 day course and then once you got people in there even follow this guy um, who put in the first thousand people for a dollar, give it to a bunch of people for a dollar, let them go through it, let them flesh out all the worms, fill in all the holes, all the gaps. Now, if you think you can extend it past the 30 days, 90 days, whatever, go ahead and do that. But you've got all these users in there, all this feedback, all this momentum, and you already know what problem people are really coming in there to get solved. And you can even ask people. Like I have a client right now, we're launching a continuity program for her, and she's got a group, she already has a free membership group of 2,500 people. And so we basically have five survey questions we're going to ask them. And out of those five, the copywriter is going to pull pretty much everything he needs, including testimonials, uh, for all the promotional content. And then you're up and running. And if people are leaving, survey them and ask them, why are they out? And, you know, is it because you don't have time for it? Are you not getting what you need? Is the content suck? Is it too long? Or is your problem solved? Or did you find a better solution? So... 
Micah, that was that was awesome. That was so awesome. Did I not ask anything that I should have asked? No, you're great. And the reason I, I stayed quiet, even though you invited me to interrupt, is I thought you articulated it perfectly, like even even beyond what I was saying with the survey and running ads and all that. So, yeah, what you just said, too, is, is perfect. I'm like, dude, I'm... I mean, I know we're recording right now, but that needs to be a PDF for you guys. Like, how to be up and running in fives? Like, just that because you already you already articulated it. I think that's so perfect. And you already your clients already love your client. I'm gonna, I'm sorry, I'm gonna swear, but your clients love the shit out of you. Like, they really do. Everywhere I go, people are raving about you. You know, and in certain communities, the competition are kind of lazy in some respects. And you guys are really there. Like, you guys are in the trenches helping people. And like even you said now, like. Mike, I think everyone listening now can understand you're pretty kind of an even-tempered guy, but you were like, you were like upset. Like there was emotion in your voice when you're like, they're making a site for no one, you know, and they're making a site for people that don't want it. And you're like, I hate that. And I can see the pain in your voice because you've got to sit there with these people and you, it's like, a, it's like when someone farts in a room, like you smell it and you're there, you smell it, but you're like, how do I tell these people really nicely? And you see the time and energy and you see their hopes and dreams and you know, and you don't want to discourage them, and you know you you can sometimes be wrong, but you feel like you've been there before. Like there was passion in that for sure. So, are there any other ways people go wrong? They lack poor positioning. Um, they don't articulate the value of their site, which I guess is positioning. They make the site for no one. It's the first step versus the last step after a proven concept. Is there anything else? Is there any tech issues, or where do most people tend to get gummed up? Um. So maybe not, maybe not an issue, but I'll just kind of explain um, some of the concepts around e-learning because that's definitely the biggest trend and the most popular thing for good reason, not just because it's trendy. It's uh, basically these membership sites, the idea of giving people content is evolving more into, you know, and they call it e-learning. What it really means is, you know, not just guiding, not just spoon feeding, but holding them accountable. And for example, one of the ways they do that is quizzing. So there used to be this whole concept of, I'm going to serve you this video content and I'm going to track how long you watch it. And based on how long you watch it, you know, I'm going to determine whatever to do next. And so with this whole e-learning movement, it's more about as they go through the videos, they have to take a quiz afterward. And, you know, just the implication that there's going to be a quiz afterward, I'm sure makes people pay more attention and absorb it a little better, maybe even take notes. But it adds a level of, you know, professionalism to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And what people are selling now, and I I should have dug into this. So yeah, I'm glad you asked if there's anything else because this is really, you know, one of the big, uh, like I said, a a very, what's the word? Um, Well-deserved trend is this whole concept of e-learning where it's not just, you know, getting them to engage and consume and all these things for your benefit, but if they can pass all the quizzes and so on, people are doing certifications and some mm-hmm. of the people listening are probably seeing that, but that certification talk about positioning. That's a total game changer in so many ways, because what it does for the client, first of all, is it gives a, a ROE, which, you know, there's um, return on investment. ROE is return on education, which is if you go through this content, you're going to end up certified, let's say. So you're going to be a certified whatever it is. And now you've got that badge to put on your website. You've got that back to put on your wall or whatever. And so instead of just selling a membership, now most the smartest companies are selling certification courses. And so, again, for the client, it gives them a true return on their education. Whether or not they even use it, they can use it for you know, their own social proof and positioning and stuff like that between the certificate and the badge to get clients and so on. Um, and for the company, it actually positions them above their competition because if there's two courses and one of them you can earn a certification, which one seems more serious, more mm-hmm. legitimate, more valuable, right? So this e-learning thing is, you know, you go through the modules, you take the quizzes. If you pass, you end up with the certification. And a lot of even old-school marketers are taking what they used to have, all the content they used to have, you know, say 400 videos about everything you could possibly want to know about marketing, and chunking that down into, you know, online marketing certification, traffic specialist certification, uh, video marketing certification, and all that. And the best example is digital marketers certifications, where it's exactly what they did. And um, the guy who did it for him, we were talking all the time about this, and he was like really trying to sell me on the content, uh, sorry, the concept about 
I think it was about a year, year and a half ago. Uh, and when it finally clicked in my head, I was like, oh, my, like, you're okay. Now, now I finally get it. You know, because at first <laughs> I was like, okay, people have asked me about doing a quiz before, but when he's like, no, 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 it, it quiz everything, track consumption based on retention and understanding, not consumption, and then reward that action by giving them badges, giving them certificates. And now you're actually selling a certification, which positions, you know, and at the time he, um, he wasn't yet doing digital marketer stuff, but very shortly after that, he ended up working with, you know, all these big name marketers converting what they had into this concept of certifications. And it's just been a total game changer. Now, everybody wants to do a certification course, you know, again, it, mm-hmm. it positions you, it raises the price it mm-hmm. commits people when they buy to actually finishing the course, not just going in and getting what they want and leaving. Mm-hmm. It totally transforms the whole thing. And it's a better client experience as well. Like, um, yep. so that, I mean, that's just the new, when you ask in the beginning about what's different about sites, it's, uh, I'm sometimes a little too close to it to back up and think, yeah, that's, that's the game changer because it's what we do now every single day. Um, that's most of the sites are looking to gamify or sell a certification. And yeah, I'm total game changer. That is awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> gamification and certification. Those are both huge. So <clears throat> I think this is, has to be the most all encompassing uh, kind of 60 minutes on, on planning, scale launching and scaling into a membership program i think that's like available out there we've covered everything from a to z from testing your concept validating the concept starting slow building a community and a following how to build that and to get a stable base and really have a community and be and delivering value to people how to be testing the absolute best name for your course and your product as well along the way um, to make sure that when you're doing your marketing that you get the highest ROI from it possible Um, I love the idea of the name of the course being the result people are going to get at the end of it all Uh, we talked about uh, how to make sure that you can retain your customers because retention like people might not even get it but you know it really is retention is the name of the game in every single if you are not in the business of retaining people then you don't really get what business is about in a long term like drayton bird uh, said it best he said the whole purpose of business is to find a prospect and then to turn them into customer and then to take that customer and turn them into a friend and that's really 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 true we have friends for a reason friends for a season and friends for life when you have friends for a reason you are their friend for a reason. I use this example sometimes. I have a buddy I do CrossFit with. He's not my buddy to go drinking with. He's not my buddy to go on vacation with. Not my buddy for anything else. He's my friend for when I go to CrossFit. He beats me some days. I beat him some days. We hate it, but we love it. And so we're friends for it and we challenge each other. Um, you know, and that's why we're friends. And if someone's a friend with you and your business for the purpose of educating them on X or helping them solve X problem, they will be your friend for those types of solutions and that and if the relationship is they pay you money and you help them with X, they will continue to do that as long as you remain their friend and help them over the long term. So I just think this has just been really all-encompassing. How to position your course different than everyone else. Um, you know, we didn't talk about too much geeky technical stuff, but, you know, and I am going to shamelessly plug what you got. That's because Membirium really does make it so simple. Right now it integrates with WordPress and Infusionsoft. They're releasing an active campaign integration as well, and I'm sure if they get enough requests, they'll probably build an integration with any system out there because David is just he is such a ninja when it comes to programming so um Oh, and not to forget to mention, we talked about the future, which is not just being uh, uh, a vendor of you know a curriculum, but to be a certification, a certifier of professionals. Which you know, there's something called the income earning ladder, and I think this is a really good time to interject it. We might go over a few minutes. I hope uh, you don't mind, Micah, respecting your time, but. The income earning ladder at the very base are generalists. So, for example, if you're a dentist, you earn what any other general dentist can earn. That's at the bottom of the earning pay scale for a dentist. Above that would be a specialist. So now you're an orthodontist. And you, because you have more specialized knowledge on a particular area, you can charge greater fees. Now this also, a dentist might be able to do some of that stuff, but they'll be guessing at how it's done. And they won't know it to the same quality standards an orthodontist would. And so that's part of why they can charge more is because 
there's more confidence and certainty that they will get the desired result from an orthodontist who's a specialist in that versus a dentist who's kind of just go you know reading a book and doing it out as he goes. Then the person above who earns more than a specialist would be the trainer of specialists, someone who trains and possibly certifies others, um, which again from a positioning standpoint, as Mike already emphasized, and I'm trying to impress upon you more um, because if you're the trainer of specialists then I have greater confidence and certainty that you will deliver work at the standard at industry standards and probably above par so I will pay more money because I have more confidence and certainty in you as a trainer of specialists that you will get the job done as good or better than anyone else I could hire out there so therefore I'm willing to spend more money on that and at the very peak very very peak of the income earning ladder are celebrities and that is simply because of the laws of supply and demand so dr phil he's a you know he's a counselor or psychotherapist you know and if you hear behind some closed doors and those kinds of circles he may not be spoken of very highly because a lot of his stuff you see on tv is kind of like grandma you know alabama grandma says kind of wisdom but because the laws of supply and demand when he has a show and has millions of viewers if he were to auction off an hour of his time it will go for a higher price than anyone else will because they don't have as many eyeballs on them so um again like micah said and i'm just emphasizing this as he had a close friend telling him again and again and again about why you need some of this stuff sometimes you really do need to hear stuff again and again and again to get it to sink in so that's why i recommend everyone to listen to these calls with pen and paper in hand and especially for a call like this to listen to it again a few times if this is something that's important to you um because this is like Micah, like really, like I've, I, I guarantee both of us have had people pay us thousands of dollars to get the same info out of us. So this is this could be. I should sell this call. That's it. If you got this call for free, you're lucky. You're one of the few. You're one of my one dollar trial members. Go. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but that's awesome. So. I mean, this is the time of the call. I'd ask, what are you working on now? What are you excited about? But I think I kind of already know. What can you tell us is coming, though? Like, what's happening in the near future with Memberium? What should people be excited about? And uh, where can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so the, you know, all those things are the same thing I'm working on, excited about. And what's happening in Memberium is we're building an installation wizard for the membership site. So instead of like, you know, having to put it all together and figure it all out, it kind of guides you through building a site and installs a lot of the page templates that most sites need yes. automatically. So yes. that's what I'm most excited about, you know, from a selfish perspective of it'll just happen and people won't have as many questions about those things. But for, from the client perspective, it's huge. I think it's going to take, yeah, I mean, it's going to take building a membership site, let's say a real basic one with three levels and, you know, 20 pages from a you know, a day long or a couple day long thing to probably a couple hours. So it's pretty exciting. That's huge. Well, yeah, because we've been talking about this for a while with my site. I was like, pulling my hair out at one point because I was like, why is it so hard to get a, you know, an invoice list, you know, or update your credit card page to set up? Um, and it wasn't you guys at all. It was my web guys. But now that you have these just kind of click and done, that's that's really huge. So things are moving forward in a big, big way. I know the technology has not been simple and it's come so far along. Um, for those of you listening, I fully endorse Mike and everything he does, mostly because I'm on this call five, six years, I think, after I met the guy, and he's only done me good, and I read you some valid testimonials that have come from very sophisticated people who, um, they've had the same result, and that's one of the things I love about Micah and the ship he runs is that they treat they treat everyone equal, and so it's just been stellar customer service. The site is memberium.com, M-E-M-B-E-R-I-U-M, Um, And if you are interested in a membership site, I highly recommend you check their stuff out. Um, And you have a course. Do you have a course? No, Mastery is about using Infusionsoft, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. Got it. Well, if anyone's interested in teaching their team how to use Infusionsoft, if that's the tool you use, they also have a course. What's the site, Micah? What's your URL? Uh, mmmastery.com. So three N's on the beginning of the word mastery.com. 
There we go. So M-M-M-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. Micah, thank you for your time today. It's always a pleasure. You're always so insightful. For years now, you've been such a good friend and a mentor and advisor. And it's just an honor and a pleasure to spend some time with you again and share share your knowledge with my audience. No, thank you. I appreciate it. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better. And your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.